Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first market odds and lines. Now, find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all sports information from live in-game betting props and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use uh, your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Now use our promo code Believe50 to receive your 50%. Welcome your bonus on your first deposit. Now Bet Online is where the game starts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Believe in Bills. <laughs> Shout out to the guys over there at Bet Online. Shout out to everybody over at Believe. I am your host, Justice General Rafford. To my right, I got the man, the myth, the legend. Legend in two games, no peewee. Coach Mookie Hawkins <laughs> in the building. What's going on, Coach? How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, look like Miami is in total control of this one. Game seven, by the way. Yeah, looks like Miami's going to do it after all. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, unless they have another meltdown, you know, we saw the Lakers do it. But we'll, 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 we'll save that talk for you guys on, you know, WUFO 96.5. But yeah. we got it. won't be none now. <laughs> we got a guest with us today, my guy Jamal. How you doing today, Jamal? Doing great, doing great. A little, a little disappointing. The Celtics are not going to be going to the finals, it appears, but doing good. They are definitely not going to be going to the finals. Uh, they made a valiant effort, though. But uh, Jimmy Buckets is, is just looking like he, he's going to be a little too much. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. The, the, the Celtics, man, they that, that was a, good, a little comeback. They scared him off a little bit, but. No, no dice there. Um, but we're gonna go ahead and get into some bills talk. Shout out to everybody who is tuning in to us live right now. Um, first of all, we're gonna start off with it was um, somebody got released. It was a wide receiver. I can't think of his name. He's not, you know, not really a big deal or anything. Um, <laughs> this DeAndre Hopkins was released from the Arizona Cardinals this week and it sent the me it sent the NFL into a little bit of a frenzy uh even more than a frenzy than he was a, originally you know uh, asking for a trade because he had a contract that came with him you know there were assets that had to be given back for him and it made things a little dicey now with him being a free agent he is free to do whatever he pleases he says he's looking for a quote-unquote significant contract. He says he wants a quarterback that loves the game, mm. team with a serviceable defense, mm. and a team with good managerial, you know, just uh, front office executives, right? Hey, mm. coach, 
was was the was DeAndre Hopkins trying to subliminally tell us something, or what's your thoughts on this? Huh. Well, there's a few teams that that fit that mode. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, the big dogs of uh, the division: uh, Chiefs, Ravens, Bills. Uh, there's been some speculation on Cleveland being a dark horse because of the familiarity with, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson. Uh, the Jets have uh, dibbled and dabbled a little bit into uh, Mr. Hopkins' affairs, and as well as the Philadelphia Eagles. So, you know, hopefully by tomorrow we still should find out something. Uh, it's been relatively quiet over this weekend in reference to D-Hop, um, but everybody is still saying that, you know, the Bills are the favorite. Um, so I want to see. I definitely want to see, you know, are they the favorite. I'll see when, you know, a restructure happens. Because <laughs> right now the Bills is dealing with $1.6 million of cap space left. So only way that's going to happen if a restructure happens. And again, DeAndre Hopkins can sign for whatever, you know, he can sign for the veteran minimum right now if he want to just be a bill. You know, it's totally up to him. So we'll see, you know, what's more important to him, the money or, you know, still getting a nice bag and competing for a Super Bowl. So we'll see in the coming days of uh, who is vying for Mr. Hopkins services. Now I got to ask you, Coach. Let's let's pretend you weren't the number one Buffalo Bills media insider or anything like that. Oh, right? come on, man. <laughs> let's pretend you wasn't him. You know what I mean? Who do you think, objectively speaking, is the best fit for DeAndre Hopkins? Well, I mean, you know, he's a fit for he's a fit for a lot of teams. I mean, he definitely can fit the Bills. He definitely can fit the Chiefs. He definitely can fit. Uh, the Ravens. Um, I just, you know, he with him paired with it would be nice to see. I mean, we're going to get that anyway. Wherever DeAndre Hopkins goes, he's finally going to be paired with, you know, a running mate, more or less, you know. So, he goes to KC. Well, he still got Kelsey. So, I mean, that's still considered a, a passing duo, you know. So, Baltimore be scary, Buffalo be super scary, and Chiefs, um, again. Long shot for Eagles, long shot for Jets. Uh, but, you know, they do have some pieces. So, yeah, something to, to really consider. Um, depends on who's going to offer the most money and who really has a strong shot of winning it. So I guess what uh, the powers of both worlds, I mean, if I can get $15 million and still play, you know, for the team I want to play for, that would be super great, a la Bills, a la Kansas City. But it may be a team like the Chargers you know, that makes something work as well. So, you know, we'll see in the next couple of days, uh, you know, what's really going to happen with D-Hop and Ida Bills are really going to push the envelope. I mean, it's a lot of questions surrounding that. If you do sign D-Hop for, let's just say, an OBJ deal of $15 million this year, what does that have to, you know, how, you know, what are you going to do with Gabe Davis? You know, are you going to sign him to big money? So, you know. It's, it's, it's a lot of things to think about, but hey, lock him up, lock Gabe up for a couple more years too, and now Josh Wep have all his weapons together for at least three years. So they just kind of like kept the window open at least for the next three. <laughs> you know, everybody would be under contract. So that's what I'm thinking. If they can make it work that way, uh, get DeAndre Hopkins in the fold as well as extend Gabe Davis, 
man, that, that offense will have to be touched. And then now you can focus solely on getting the pieces you need on the defensive side because the offense clearly will be set with D-Hop in the mix. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, Jamal, let me ask you this, right? Three years ago, this is the consensus best wide receiver in the NFL, right? A couple of things, couple of years go by, a couple of trades happen, um, injuries happen, some suspensions because of PEDs, you know, just things have happened, right? And it's no longer he's clear-cut number one. Uh, not not to say that he ever was clear-cut number one, but a lot of people, a majority might tell you he was number one three years ago. Today, that may not be the case. Uh, first of all, how do you feel about the prospect of him joining the Buffalo Bills? And what would you, where would you rank him in uh, the wide receiver in the NFL today? Whew. We're going to rank him? I'd probably have him somewhere between three and five. I'd say definitely Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, right on my top two. I'd probably put um, Jefferson and Diggs have to be somewhere three or four. So probably a five, I'd put D-Hop. Um, I'd just be great if we got him. Just be the move to, you know, truly, I mean, the offense is set. You know, if this isn't, you know, the offense that gets to the Super Bowl, then what will, you know, having Stephon Diggs and D-Hop and Knox and Kincaid. Um, you know, I think, you know, He's going, he, he's going to be to the Bills if Brandon Bean wants him on the Bills. You know, we have the room to restructure some contracts, to give him the money that could quite please him. So, you know, the Bean is serious about this and serious about, you know, getting a Super Bowl, you know, right now, then he's going to make that move and he will be a Buffalo Bill. But, you know, for kind of worrying about stuff like Gabe Davis contracts and stuff in the future, then, you know, he may go to a team like the Ravens or the Jets or the Chiefs or, you know, another team. Now, how much is the is Arizona paying D Hop this year? I want to say, don't call me on this, but maybe close to 20 ish million. I don't know. Twenty two million, right? Like they didn't yeah, cut they him, can't. so he yeah, so he ended up getting that. So I mean, hey, he said, you know what, man, I I play one year, eight million, I guarantee. You never know what deal he can make. He can make his own deal. I mean, you know, he can make his own deal. He 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 don't have to be necessarily uh one to max out, you know, to play for the team that you know he desires. You know, maybe I don't know at this point a, a bag ain't really an issue. You know, with him, a bag is, is, is an issue. Let me ask you this real quick, Coach, because I'm interested now. I haven't been the nicest person in the world to Ken Dorsey, but you are a proponent of going all in as you would say right you don't want to be you know the the 29th or the 30th or the 31st pick in every year's draft you know because you almost got there but you know you never won the whole thing even though you have a good team every year that's not something you're interested in you are more concerned with you would rather win one and then you know just that be it but you you want to get over the hill right so Looking at this potential, you would have Stefan Diggs, Dalton Kincaid, who is, I mean, a lot of people expect him to be two or three uh, as far as, you know, uh, reception shares, right? You have Gabriel Davis. Then you would also have a DeAndre Hopkins, not to mention the speedy guys you got in Hardy and Sherfield to bring in 
Uh, you got another, you got Khalil Shakir, a uh, guy who who could very well be making his, you know, step up this year in this offense. You got uh, Dalton Knox again, or, I'm sorry, Dawson Knox again. Uh, you know, he's still a, a threat downfield as well as, you know, in the middle of the field. And this isn't even, I'm going to leave the run game out of it because you, you got all these weapons I just mentioned. You also have a run game. And then, or you also have value, you know, valuable running backs. You have them. And then you have maybe the most dangerous weapon in the entire NFL and Josh Allen. This would essentially be the Bills going all in if they were to attain DeAndre Hopkins. What happens if they do not win this year and it is due to the offense? Well, I mean, you still got to chop out the bit. Um, that's my guess is, I mean, third time's a charm. I don't think that anything will happen with Dorsey. Um, you know, year three, you guys are still being under contract to take another stab at it. Um, I don't think anything will happen, you know, unless the offense just tremendously just goes left. I mean, they had the number two uh, team in total total offense last year, you know, and number two in scoring. So, I mean, anything other than that is 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 not good. You know, two again, two again is not good. It's not good enough. This scares me is I, I think that that number two is going to look good on Dorsey's ledger, but I don't know if it was all Dorsey. I feel like having Josh Allen as your quarterback was, I mean, already going to get you a, a very good number as far as efficiency and production, um, you know, from the offensive standpoint, right? So if there is a lack of creativity, the only thing that, that I would ask you that, that kind of scares me, right? Um, if he if he does show a lack of creativity in year two, and you know the offense still looks good because they have weapons and a really good quarterback, but play calling is lacking. Would you really want Josh Allen to be playing well into the prime of his career at this point? with an offensive coordinator who doesn't seem to be able to get it done? Well, I mean, probably not. Probably not. Um, Josh Allen needs a more seasoned guy, you know, that's going to help his game evolve. Um, Right now, Josh and Dorsey, they have to evolve together. You know, it's not nothing that, you know, Dorsey hasn't been through that Josh hasn't been through, you know, so – the experience is like, well, hell, Josh got more experience than Dorsey because he's been, you know, play calling more, you know, for what, seven years now. So, you know, Dorsey just began being calling plays. So Josh has an advantage over him in, in that. And you saw um, the inexperience at times, you know, that really stuck out like a sore thumb with this high powered offense that the Bills did have. So, We'll just have to see if he fixed those, you know, those 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 eyesores that was super problematic within the Bills offense that sometimes, you know, had you scratching your head. Yeah, for sure. Um, I got one more question before we move on for you. I'm gonna ask Jamal first and then uh Mook, I want you to follow up after. Um, on a scale of one to ten, 
One being Andy Reid, 10 being Nathaniel Hackett, or he's already fired. 10 being Brandon Staley or Josh McDaniels. How hot is Sean McDermott's seat, Jamal? This year or if we, like, fail to win the Super Bowl this year? Uh, if we fail to win the Super Bowl this year. I, say, I mean, if he gets there, I don't think it's, you know, it's like – two or three but if we lose before getting to the super bowl again i think it's about probably you know six and a half seven you know i think you know the discussions have to be um have to at least start i would say an interesting stat is every quarterback coach combo in the history of the nfl they've always won a super bowl within their first five years of being together obviously sean mcdermott and josh allen are past that so you know the odds are against them they would have to do that but i thought that was just an interesting stat doesn't mean Sean McDermott's a bad coach or anything. It just he may not be the right coach to get us over the hump. And maybe maybe he may do that with a different team, different quarterback. But um, you know, if he fails to get to the Super Bowl again this year with you know another you know great roster around him, and you know specifically you know if it's on another you know defensive lap, which we had the past couple seasons, where it's, you know heartbreaking defensive losses or just mind-boggling, like what are we doing? What's our defensive plan in these you know season-ending games? I think his seat has to, you know, get a little, you know, get a little sizzling. Okay. What about you, Coach? Um, I'm I'm gonna say four. I don't think his job will be in jeopardy unless they just start exposing this defense. Like if teams picked up where they left off and really start exposing this defense, and the Bills start off two and two, or you know, they don't start off great. And your heater, your 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 schedule hasn't even you ain't even got to that yet. You know, it's something to ponder, but I don't think that'd be the case. I don't think anybody gets fired, you know, not just yet. Um it will it it'll probably, you know, make it a, make the seat a little spicy for next season. But I don't think I'll be I'll be shocked if Dorsey or McDermott is let go because of um you know, not getting the job done. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, guys, we got some football royalty in the building now as a nephew of our show, uh, right tackle, Brandon Shell from Miami. This guy, six foot five, 325 pounds, big body. He is now a member of the Buffalo Bills as of today. Now, we've been talking about Spencer Brown, and a lot of people want him to get some competition. They don't want him to just, you know, think that his job is safe going into the season as our right tackle after, you know, uh, the performance he displayed last year. Uh, What does this signing mean for the Buffalo Bills, uh, Jamal? Uh, I think it's just a good sign just to have some depth at the tackle position. You know, that was kind of thin, you know, going into OTAs and training camps. So just another body there that, you know, capable of playing that position, you know, well. I think, you know, in the past where we've, you know, had, even if the line's been questionable at times, the depth has been, you know, not there. And so, you know, one guy goes down, now we're shuffling, oh, he has to go here and here and here. And, you know, we have a weak spot in this part of the line or whenever we see this guy just being turned to his turnstile by, you know, you know going average, uh, you know, average defensive ends in the league. So it's just good that we have, you know, solid depth in that position. Glad that we're glad that he signed with the Bills. Coach, what is this meaning? What is, what is this signing mean for the Bills? 
Well, I mean, they're making sure that they – it's going to be pretty interesting to see. Now the Bills have 17 linemen up front, so it's going to be pretty interesting to see how many linemen do they keep and which lineman makes this team. So, uh, yeah, uh, finally got some competition, uh, you know, at the right tackle spot. So, Quesenberry, uh, now Shell, and uh, to push Bishop Brown to see, you know, what are the Bills really getting out of Spencer this year. You know, his third year, next year will be his last year in the contract. So, the Bills need to know what are they getting out of Spencer Brown. Is it time to move on from him or, you know, or does he, you know, rise to the occasion uh, with competition, you know, at his spot? So it's going to be pretty interesting. I do love the fact that Brandon Bean is getting back to some of the elements that, you know, got the Bills this far. I'm making sure that they do have a competitive roster and really getting back to that. So um, they have definitely uh, made this one hell of a competitive roster. Still got some ways to go, but especially up front, they is locked and loaded now with uh, Brandon Schell, uh being on board. Taking a look at Schnell, um, something really, really strikes my eye. When you look at him, he's six foot five, three hundred and twenty-five pounds. Osiris Torrance, six foot five, three hundred and thirty-one pounds. What do what do you what do you think about the Bills seemingly making an effort to be a lot bigger in the trenches here this season, Coach? Well, they're doing a good job. You want to start protecting your $43 million investment in Josh Allen. And, you know, this is what they are. They're passing teams. So you got to go and get guys that can keep the quarterback clean. So uh, this is where I'm at with that. You, you, the common denominator with all the linemen that the Bills acquired, uh, they keep the quarterback clean. So uh, that's, you know, been a point of emphasis when you look at uh, the two draft picks. The first team, all SEC guys, played the best competition, played the best pass rushers in LSU, Georgia, Alabama, you know, every week, Florida, Tennessee, uh, you know, Kentucky. So they play the best, you know, of the best. And, and for the Bills to have two first team, all SEC guys, you know, out of this draft, you know, speaks volume on that. Uh, McGovern is another guy who likes to keep the quarterback clean. And, you know, so – Bills are a passing team. They're all in on protecting QB1 for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sarah Christine is in the comments spitting some fire. She is she making some really good points. And um, I do want to get back to that, Sarah, um, everything you're speaking of. I kind of want to get back to that. But uh, before we do, we're going to finish up our trench talk here. Uh, I, I mentioned – the Bills looking to get bigger in the trenches, right? And we talk about one side of the ball um, there on the offense. And on the other side of the ball, there is still a key piece sitting there in the middle of the defensive line. Really good player. Maybe isn't the best scheme fit for us. And uh, maybe we aren't using him in the most conducive manner to him thriving in this league. Uh what are the odds that we could see Ed Oliver not on this team uh, by the trade deadline, Jamal? Uh, I had to look out of 100%. I'd say probably like 30 or 20. Um, you know, he is a good player, has some flashes for sure. Um, you know, probably not the perfect system he's playing in. Definitely needs, you know, players around him to be, have his full impact. 
but also not quite what the Bills wanted for being such a high draft pick. They kind of went out of the position. So I don't think he's in the team's long-term plans. But at this point, I don't think he's traded before the, the trade deadline. I have to say that's probably like a 30% chance at this point. So you think they're going to keep Ed Oliver, or do you think they're just going to let him walk? I think they're going to just, just let him walk at the end of the year. Jamal, don't tell me that. <laughs> Jamal, don't. Listen, well, I know, you, I know well, you were still at school when the whole Jermaine Emmons thing went down, but please don't talk like that on this program, okay? <laughs> I, I can't take another one of our stars just walking out the door for nothing. All right, I will have a connection. Coach. What are the chances that Ed Oliver is still on his roster at the trade deadline? Uh, I'll say 65%. So you think he's staying too? You think they're going to let him walk? Oh, no. I mean. 65% is gone. Yeah, 65%. I'll, I'll say. I mean, because we're gonna, we, can't, we can't keep letting him walk out of our life. Like, we can't keep doing that. You know, so. Yeah, no. If I mean, it's interesting because Tim Settle's not going anywhere. He's locked under contract. Like if the Bills cut him, they still have to pay him the four million. So he's he's locked in on a roster. Just signed point of four. Uh, Daquan Jones may be looking like he's going to get an extension. Uh, Jordan Phillips, and um, I'm missing one more guy. But. Uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting to see how that rotation shakes out with Puno Ford and Ed Oliver. Um, you paying Puno Ford $3 million, and you're paying Ed Oliver $11 million, and, you know, his market value is anywhere between 10 to $14 million. You know you're not going to have that in cap room. You don't have it now, so you're not going to have it next season to sign him. So. I mean, I love Ed Oliver, but the business side of me is saying, hey, how can I move this guy, uh, you know, to get something for him uh, instead of a compensatory pick like we did with the Bears when we lost Tremaine. So um, you got to get something, you know, for him. I'm, I'm hearing some crazy trade with Dallas. You know, I don't think that it will happen, but you never know. Uh, Minnesota Vikings could be vying for his services. Um you know, I thought at one point that Arizona would, but, you know, they didn't. I think they addressed it in the draft and, you know, moved on. So just have to wait and see um, if they do uh, able to free up some cash before the season. Then obviously we know, you know, that's to free up to, to, to sign D hop. So all of this may be a six degree of separation of that, you know, just have to stay tuned. Jamal, if Tremaine Emmons would have been traded for a third-round pick, what would you have said? I, I mean, I would have been shocked at the time because I didn't, I didn't expect him to be traded at all. I expected it. I expected that we would have kept him because of you know how big he was. Time. No, nah, but let's say you knew there was no way we was possibly re-signing Tremaine Emmons. They knew there was no way. Good job. And they traded him away, and they got back a third round pick. What's going through your head? I'm sorry, can you repeat that. Mike kind of lagged, kind of lagged up. I'm saying if if the Bills knew there was no way they could keep Tremaine Emmons, and we all knew it, and they traded him away and got back a third round pick from Chicago, how would you feel? I feel good. I feel good. 
You feel well, see. <laughs> if we knew we couldn't cap them, we got brown third round pick, I'd, I'd feel good. Nah, I'm sorry, I disagree. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you can at least get a, at least a second round pick for him, but you know, I guess you have no choice but to take the third. Got no choice. Yeah. But nah, they better not. Put in a tough situation. I mean, why would I give you a second as a as a GM for that? Nah, I mean, anyway. if you want to pay eighty four million for a dude, you you are probably willing to give up at least a second for him. Right. I mean, if he's got to walk anyway at the end of the year, I mean, I kind of got you in a tough situation. Got to move him. Get, 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 you know, maximize your value at least. And I don't think the Bills maximize the value because, hey, they were pegging on winning a Super Bowl when, you know, hey, it's it's cool to win a Super Bowl at that point because now we won a Super Bowl with this guy. So now we could let him go ahead and get his bat. You know, it's just a, you know, a, a match made in heaven. I win the Super Bowl, I ride off into the sunset, go get my bat and play on somewhere else. So, that didn't happen, you know. That didn't happen. So now it's like, damn, how do you keep this band together? Not able to keep the band together because you know, due to salary cap and you know business dealings, and you know it's time to move forward with guys that's on the roster, and it's time to bring new guys in. So you know that happens every year, you know. So it was just time that you're going to start seeing core pieces that help build, uh, you know the success of this franchise are slowly but surely going to be moving on somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. All right, fellas, let's get into what the brilliant uh, Sarah was saying. Uh, she, she, she says something I'm going to read, you know, the, the prequel, if you will, to the, the, the statement that I thought was interesting. She says, I'd be lying if I said I'm not also a little bit worried about Dorsey. I think his inexperience was obvious by midseason. Josh outplayed his system a lot, in my opinion. My opinion as well, sir. She also said, not taking anything away from Mahomes, but even without Hill, KC was at the top of the league in Yak. If it's not the receivers, then it's the scheme. We can scheme guys open. Dorsey, I don't know. I'm going to ask you, Coach. Now, I'm not expecting them to be able to scheme guys open the way Reed can because, obviously, Reed is going to be first ballot Hall of Famer for a reason. Um, He's one of the best to ever do this, and that is indisputable at this point. But do you think that Reed – I'm sorry, Dorsey will be able to at least, you know, fill the gap a little bit between the, the distance between the, the play calling for the Chiefs and the play calling for the Bills. Uh, he can't control that. Andy Reid, like you said, is a, is, a, is a Hall of Famer. So Dorsey is nowhere near that capacity of a coach, you know, when we're trying to compare the two. Um, you know, Andy Reid is who he is for a reason. I mean, he started out kind of like how McDermott was. You know, was very good, but didn't win the big one. And then he ended up leaving Philly, going to Kansas City and, and having that success and got over the hump, learning from those mistakes. So um, Andy Reid is one of the best best at adjustments that I've ever seen. Like, in order to be Andy Reid, you have to adjust. You have to counter adjust his adjustments. That's how you be Andy Reid because he's going to have something prepared for you 
second half of a game or whatever. He's going to keep that play in his back pocket and present it at the right time, you know, and catch you. Um, Dorsey has so much fire to go being on that type of level when we're talking about Andy Reid and, and Dorsey. But, yeah, uh, Sarah's definitely right. Um, the scheme, you know, really says all. You know, um, Josh was really – Josh was making those plays. I mean, it was Josh a rollout, you know, and just a bomb, you know, basically. And that was just – just making a play, you know, it wasn't a play that was, you know, called. It was just he made a play, you know. We it wasn't like they were well executed plays. Some were, but a lot of them were just, you know, Josh making a play, and that's not good enough in the playoffs. So, um, learning to have balance this year uh, definitely gonna be a question I'm gonna ask him tomorrow. Uh, he will be at the podium, so uh, I got some questions I need to ask Doris to see. You know, what has he learned? Um, I'm asking to critique himself, you know, year one. Um, so I need to know all of that stuff going into year two and how his um, everything is going to evolve. How did he evolve as a play caller year two with, you know, a more balanced attack? You know, so you got your tight end now. You got your scheme. Um, hopefully you may see D-Hop in this, but he still got enough to, I think, still make it to a Super Bowl without D. Hopkins. Okay. All right. Um, let's let's hear from Jamal uh, what, what his answer is. Yeah, obviously, I'm probably the most adamant, mostly defender out of the bunch. Um, of course, he's not going to be, you know, you know, Andy Reid's Andy Reid for a reason. Even some of the other leagues, like Sean Payton, those guys are Hall of Fame, some of the best offensive minds the game has seen. Like, Dorsey's not going to be that. He won't be that, you know, probably ever. You know, that's kind of almost expectation. Now, we're just some problems with this scheme. Yeah, he started off, he had a great start to the year. You know, team started getting some film on us, started kind of figure us out. Um, probably wasn't the best at adjusting that land this season. Again, I think more of the problem was more on execution of the players. You know, it's kind of hard to have a scheme sometimes when your line is, you know, a turnstile. Run game is kind of inconsistent. Josh had the elbow injury. You know, his arm wasn't quite the same as, you know, at the beginning of the year or even last year going to the playoffs where it just seemed like he wasn't missing any throws out there to where the second half of the year he was leaving quite a quite a few throw, throw quite a few throws out there. So um again, I think it just has to do more with just player execution, another year in a, in the system. Um, you know, Josh mentioned it, you know, having his eyes at certain locations, you know, just um another year of continuity and you know better execution. And you know, Dorsey being a year two of play caller, I expect him to get better. And so I expect, you know, good things going to the Bills, you know, offense for year two. I think some of the problems with him, you know, maybe a little bit from Bills Twitter is probably just a little bit overstated. Um, I don't think he was, you know, nearly as bad as, you know, some may have, some may have said. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I feel like that was a shot at me. No, it's fine. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely one of his, one of his bigger. Uh, and you know what it is? It, it, it almost feels like that hurt you feel when you trust somebody, you know what I mean? Like I was one of those people who was singing his praises. I was, you know, Dorsey, Brady and Shula all together. Our offense about to be crazy. And, you know, then I was vindicated four weeks in and I was like, Oh, I told y'all this is going to happen. And then all of a sudden it just, so, you know, I, I was, I'm a little jaded in that regard. I, I will admit, 
Um, but I do hope to see Dorsey pick it up this year because he certainly has the weapons to do so. And um, I think Kincaid was a home run hit. And I will be very interested to see if Dorsey is going to be able to utilize him in a way that makes him look like it. Um, all right, fellas, before we get up out of here, I'm going to go ahead and do final thoughts for tonight. So um, whatever in the world you want to let us know, whatever is on your heart, let the people know. And, uh, yeah, get it off your chest. Um, so I'm going to let you go first, Coach. What's on your thought? Moment with Mookie. DeAndre, what in the hell are you doing, man? Hurry up inside and get this thing over with. You say you love Josh Allen. You want to play with Josh. You know, you're making all types of body language, smirks, and all that stuff. You know, come on to Buffalo and be the reason why the Bills win the Super Bowl instead of going to Kansas City where they already winning them. So you ain't doing nothing but riding away, buddy. You know, come on over here and create your own wave over here in Buffalo. So what the hell are you waiting on? Yeah, you, you go to Kansas City – and you're, oh, you know, you helped us get a Super Bowl out of the three we have, right? You come to Buffalo, you get a statue, dog, because, like, we putting up a whole statue and a whole roster. If they <laughs> do like, it's going to be crazy. Jamal, uh, I can't think of nothing right on the spot. But <laughs> jamming with Jamal or something, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll think about it later. Uh, with something that's on your heart that uh, you want to talk about, I just want to let the people know about, or, you know, you want to mention. What's up, man? For sure. Definitely need to stop playing around and get Hopkins on this roster. And then two would be, this is going to be kind of a boring finals, y'all. It's going to be Denver in five. We're going to explain on this show in a couple of days, but this is not going to be a great, it's not going to be a great finals for the league. I'm sorry. We'll have to see you on that one. I don't know about doing it. I have to see. We'll say that for Wednesday night, late night sports. Come check us yeah, out. We might have put pizza on that one. All right, we'll see. <laughs> but all right, fellas, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Big shout out to the guys over at Believe as well as Bet Online. Shout out to the legendary WUFO 96.5-1080 AM for my dog Mookie Hawkins and my guy Jamal Harris. I am Justice General Radford and Thank you guys so much for all the support. You guys know we appreciate every like, comment, subscription, retweet, repost, share. All the love you guys give us is greatly appreciated. Coach, hey, man, you want to you go ahead and send us on, man? Bills get D-hop. Do you believe? Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Now, find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all sports information from live in-game betting props and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use uh, your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Now use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50%. Welcome your bonus on your first deposit. Now Bet Online is where the game starts.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.